0: Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts.
1: Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
2: And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the GEICO app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
0: From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Talking Motorcycles, the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing. We're here to entertain you, inform you of new products, and enhance your love of motorcycling. Road race, flat track, touring, scooters, vintage, you name it, we discuss it right here on Talking Motorcycles. And now, here's your host, pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider, Barry Boone. Well, it's about time, right? We're kicking off the 2017 radio season here on Talking Motorcycles. Hello, everyone. I'm Barry Boone, and we want to welcome you all to the show, our first official show for 2017. Getting underway here uh, just now that January is behind us, and we begin to focus on the season ahead the multiple different seasons of motorcycling things that we are going to be following. That would include, uh, well, we'll talk about all that in a little bit. But first, let me tell you who our guests are here on this episode of Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. We are uh, doing this show uh, live, if you will. It's to tape, and uh, we are at the uh, Clearwater Studios in Daytona Beach, Florida. That would be the Clearwater Light Studios in Daytona Beach, Florida, uh, here tonight. And our guest will be from Clearwater Lights, as a matter of fact, uh, the man behind, the brains behind Clearwater Lights' amazing quality, uh, reliability, and et cetera. Glenn Stasky will be joining us a little bit later on in the program, uh, along with our first guest on the show tonight. And that would be Guinness World Record holder Carl Rees. And uh, those guys have a pretty cool project going on. Carl does down, uh, I believe, in Texas. We're going to talk about that more in a little bit just before we go to break, but pretty exciting stuff. And and that really is how this show came about. Glenn and I were talking on the phone. We were talking about Carl and who doesn't know who Carl Reese is at this point uh, in time. Perhaps you do not. There is a chance there's one uh, American motorcyclist somewhere out there who doesn't, but Carl is, uh, he's that guy. He's a Guinness world record holder. Get this, the, the, this is confusing when you first hear it. Uh, but the shortest non-driving time to cross the United States in an electric vehicle, non-driving time is just that time spent not driving and, uh, making it from, uh, Los Angeles, California to New York city with only 12 hours, 48 minutes and 19 seconds of, uh, downtime if you will when he wasn't behind the wheel of the tesla pretty impressive it also that run held uh, april 16th through 19th in 2015 is the fastest time to cross the usa i believe to date in an electric vehicle how long did they do that barry i knew you were going to ask me the total trip time from uh, la to new york 58 hours and 55 minutes pretty impressive um He's all, he also holds the transcontinental autonomous car record. That would be a, a semi-autonomous car uh, that I think you basically have an autopilot. And pretty much the driver uses the autopilot function. Uh, most of the time, I, I believe I read somewhere that it was 96% of the time or so uh, that uh, Carl utilized the uh, Tesla's autopilot function And that was a 2,995-mile journey done in 57 hours and 48 minutes. I think he had some co-drivers on that one, but that still is the transcontinental autonomous automobile record. Uh, Double transcontinental electric vehicle record. It goes on, it goes on, and it goes on. What we are going to focus on tonight, however, uh, in our first segment with Carl, we have two, I believe. Uh, The first segment is going to be discussing his solo motorcycle record from LA to New York City. You know, I don't know how many of you have done that, but I've done it, I believe, seven times from Kentucky to Los Angeles, uh twice and three times at least. I may be short, maybe it was seven times total. In fact it is, but from Daytona Beach to LA. You almost uh if if what I do is two lane it all the way out and then I ten all the way home. I know every every crack, every speed bump in I-10 pretty much from LA to Daytona beach. But my time crossing the country is quite a bit different. I will do 500, 600 miles a day. And well, you're not going to make it, um, in 38 hours and 49 minutes doing that. That's Carl's fastest solo motorcycle record from LA to New York city. Um, mileage, it's about the same, you know, it's 3000 miles. That's about what I do from here. And it's, it's, it's an amazing journey. Have you done it? If not, try to find the time in your busy life to, uh, scratch off a couple of weeks on the calendar and, and make it happen. Um, it's just what you got to do. You have to mark the time off. You have to commit to doing it. What we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk to Carl about how he does it. And I, for one, have many, many questions. And I have a feeling we're going to get lots and lots of really good stories uh, talking about the solo motorcycle record from L.A. to New York. When I first heard about this guy doing this in 38 hours and 49 minutes, all I could think about was "Hmm, some speed limits were definitely broken uh, in the process of doing this. And uh, we're going to talk to him about that a little bit, too. We do not advocate that on this program. However, we all do it from time to time. So that's our show tonight. Hope you enjoy it. It's, it should be really fun. Next week on the show, we're going to have Bill Brown on from the historic Moto Grand Prix. Spent most of his life in vintage road race motorcycles and the last couple of decades promoting uh, vintage motorcycle events. And he's got a big one coming up during Bike Week. Uh, and this year in Daytona, he will not be doing it in bike week though. They're up at Fernandina beach. That's just a beautiful two hour ride up the coast. Uh, the coastal highway, we call it a one a from Daytona up just north of Jacksonville to Fernandina, definitely something you may want to consider putting on your bike week plans. Um, in fact, it's going to be going on the last day on Sunday when many are heading home. So it would be a great place to just ride up there and spend a half a day and check it out. Uh, Also on the show will be Brian Bell with Ivy League Flat Track. He is promoting a concrete indoor flat track race that uh, yours truly is announcing, along with my old partner at AMA Pro, Scotty Dubler. That's at Ocean Center on Friday, March the 17th uh, in the evening. Beautiful indoor arena, fabulous place to go and watch anything, but I can think of nothing I'd rather watch there than flat track motorcycles, especially on concrete. Takes me back to the days of my youth when that happened a good bit in Owensboro, Kentucky. Uh, Nikki Tommy and Roger Lee Hayden did some of it. I was there for a bunch of that, and it's pretty cool. And that's what's going to be happening, and that's who's going to be on the show. Speaking of um, AMA Pro Flat Track now has a new name. You know, it's American Flat Track. And um, the Daytona TT is coming up. And so for all of our lifetimes, it's been the short track at Daytona, but nope, it's going to be a brand new racetrack made out of special composite materials built in the trioval at Daytona International Speedway under the lights. And if you haven't got tickets yet, I highly recommend you go to this historic first time ever on the TT and first time in decades, we've seen twin cylinder motorcycles racing TT. And if you're what we used to call an expert, now an AFT one rider, you're going to be on a twin because every round for the experts will be on twin cylinder motorcycles in 2017. They're going to kick that off at Daytona uh, in the TT. Big stories going on there with Harley versus Indian. Uh, we will talk about that. We're going to be all over that this year in subsequent episodes, way before bike week and our bike week shows, uh, live to WNDB and simulcasted on our internet program, will we'll be happening. Those will be announced a little bit later on, but we have three of those set to go, uh, outdoor, uh, public places, cool restaurant. Think you're going to want to come be a part of it. We certainly hope so. Uh, we'll be going in depth into American flat track in subsequent episodes on this program. Moto America is going to get started really soon, and we're going to be all over that as well, because Moto America is set to have a great season. Uh, in fact, they kick things off, uh, just if you're keeping score April 21st, 22nd, 23rd at circuit of the Americas, uh, to kick their season off Two two events in April, they'll be up at road Atlanta, April 28th, 29th and 30th. And again, we're going to be all over uh moto america again this season here on this program we're going to also have special guests like carl um more on carl you want to know more okay um what they're going to be doing and we're going to talk about this in the second segment with him when we're joined by glenn stasky of clearwater lights but he is going to be riding a uh, doing a, a really cool event trying to set the longest distance uh longest distance on a motorcycle in a in a set time frame we'll get more details on that but he will be I'm I'm thinking riding his 2015 BMW K1600GT six cylinder that uh he recently set the solo cannibal motorcycle record on again as we talked from LA to uh um, New York City So that is what's going to be happening on the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by the Harley Davidson Motor Company. And I don't know if you saw this or not, but just here in the last week or so, they have introduced a beautifully styled. I mean, it looks like it could have rolled out of uh, any of the best custom shops in America when, in fact, it did. It is a factory custom, something Harley has been doing beautifully well since Willie G. Davidson took the reins Many decades ago, they're still doing it now, and they've just introduced the new Road King Special. And uh, it's beautiful. It's all blacked out. Only the paint adds a different element other than black. There's very little, there's no chrome on the motorcycle. There are some bare metal parts. And yes, it is powered uh, by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine, which has that iconic look, that distinctive sound, massive torque, instantly recognizable look of the Harley V-Twin, but, folks, it is an all-new experience. The Milwaukee 8107 engine takes the Harley V-Twin to a place it has never been before. I only have about 8,500 miles on one, a quick trip out to L.A. and back from Daytona, and, and then some. obviously more than that because that's only three, well, it's six both ways. Uh, but you get more power, quicker acceleration, cooler running engines than they've ever built. The throttle response is amazing, and the exhaust note is absolutely rich and absolutely beautiful, and in one of the Harley-Davidson spots you're going to hear tonight, that sound is, in fact, the sound of the Milwaukee 8107, and I think it makes a perfect backdrop uh, to what uh, what they are talking about in that spot. It's time to go to break. Carl Reese will be joining us. When we come back to the show, Riders Call Home. Talking Motorcycles is on. About time, right? 2017. Drop the visor, put it in gear, drop the clutch, let's go.
3: Your ride is more than just miles. It's a mission to squeeze more freedom out of every click of the odometer. Introducing the 2017 Touring Bikes from Harley-Davidson. The powerful, all-new Milwaukee 8 engine delivers 10% more torque for quicker acceleration. Paired with a new suspension that gives you more comfort and control on every ride, what does uncompromised freedom feel like? Why don't you find out for yourself? Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models.
0: When an automobile driver hits a motorcyclist, what is the first thing the driver says? I didn't see them. That's right after they have suddenly turned left into your path. When we crash our motorcycle, what is the first thing we say? I didn't see it in time. Could have been a deer, a decreasing radius corner, sand, or debris in your lane. The simple fact is most motorcycle accidents are preventable. And that is why I Barry Boone of Talking Motorcycles recommends Clearwater Lights. The ability to see and be seen on our motorcycle is exactly how we prevent avoidable motorcycle accidents. When you call Clearwater Lights, you will speak to a real live person who specializes in you and quality products. Clearly, there's a brighter idea. Check them out at ClearwaterLights.com. Welcome back to the show. This portion of the Talking Motorcycles program is powered by Clearwater Lights, the most amazing uh, nighttime into daytime lights you're ever going to use on your motorcycle. And daytime conspicuity, always uh, the factor for me. I run them 24-7, 365, and every mile uh, on every motorcycle. That's just not... Why do I do that? Because I believe it saves lives. And we are all about... Saving lives on this program. Let's delay no further, shall we not? It's time to bring Carl Reese into the program here tonight. And Carl, for the first time, I say welcome to you to Talking Motorcycles. Thrilled to have you.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Barry.
0: I don't know. um, I think, you know, Carl, we all sample when we hear other stories. We can't help but compare them to our own and what we do. Uh, I think for most of us motorcyclists, it's, it is really, truly impossible uh, to imagine doing what you've done and what you do. Um, however, I got to know what whatever motivated you, whatever caused you to be that driven uh, to, to do these things in automobiles and especially motorcycles.
2: Well, for me, it's uh, to bring awareness to the Motorcycle Relief Project. It's a 5013C nonprofit, and it's aimed at helping combat veterans that are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder and other uh, injuries. And what the charity does is they um, they take these vets out on five day motorcycle rides for eight hours a day, and the charity pays for everything. And no one in the charity takes a paycheck. Everyone's there on a volunteer basis, so every penny goes to putting the vets on bikes, and it gives them the a chance to take some downtime to decompress and um, they have counselors in the evening after eight hours of riding where after dinner they sit down and do some workshops for stress management and some other tools and so i think it's a worthy cause and that's the reason why i set these world records is to bring awareness to that charity
0: wow that, that is fantastic I, I knew of your philanthropic efforts i knew about that um, I didn't really realize that. I, I kind of guess I thought that was something that might have come along later, but now it appears that was a root cause of uh, some of, of the things that you have done. And, and thank you for that. You know, Thank you. Are, were you in the military, Carl? Did you serve?
2: I did. I never saw any active duty, but I did my uh, basic training in Fort Jackson, South Carolina, and then I did my AIT there the following summer.
0: Thank you. Thank you for your service to our the greatest nation in the history of the world, uh, the United States of America. I, I continue to believe we've done more to further the causes of human freedom and human liberty than any country ever in history. And, and all of that, really, and all the freedoms we enjoy are because of those men and women that serve in the past and in the present and the ones that will in the future. And guys like you doing things like that moves me, I got to tell you. Um, Carl, my, my Honda ST-1300 uh one of the bikes i use occasionally for long distance touring um 7.6 gallon fuel tank 45 miles per gallon 300 uh yeah i'm going for the important question first uh 300 mile plus range problem is i don't have a 300 mile plus bladder so i want to know how do you handle that
2: <laughs> go ahead That's we want to question um, well, I outfitted that bike. There was almost 18 months of planning preparing that bike. There's only nine men in the history of the United States that have set the LA to New York record, starting with Cannonball Baker in 1922. Um, and John Penton, of course, in the 50s, uh, who was very famous uh, dirt bike rider. Um, so, each generation learns from the generation before. So I outfitted the bike with an eight-gallon fuel cell on top of my seven-gallon stock tank. So I had about about 400 miles of range. But to answer your question directly, I wore a condom catheter, so I didn't have to make pit stops.
0: Th- that, that's incredible. I mean, I know some of the long the Iron Butt guys have, have done that, you know, in the past. So I know you're not inventing the wheel, but I didn't... I guess I just didn't realize so few human beings had accomplished that task and uh, that you're the you're our our generation's cannonball baker at the moment. Uh, I have several friends who not who rode in the uh, motorcycle cannonball with 100 year old bikes this year. And uh, that was quite a feat, too. And it's but you you have an advantage, obviously, with um, the current technology like the K1600GT and I know it's a fabulous motorcycle is, does it have a weakness?
2: Um, yeah, it's got a speed limber. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But All right. You brought of, it up. Let's go. Of, of, no,
0: you, okay. You brought it up. Let's, let's go there. I'm, I'm going to do that. I, I was, I, I told Glenn when we talked, I said, I, I was hesitant to bring Carl on. Cause I don't want to encourage, you know, just ridiculous behavior, but, I know what you've done is a calculated thing and I know you've done it in the smartest possible way. And I know you were, I know you were smart and how you went about it, but you got to tell us what was your maximum speed and for how long on that trip and where was that?
2: Well, we, we tried our best not to promote, um, the, the, the highest speed. But the the statute limitations has now expired. And I will tell you, it it was a a very planned process, including talking to an attorney before I left to find out the speed limit laws in each state that I was going to pass through. So we we chose the I-70 on purpose because Utah has a very um, lenient speeding policy. You can be doing 127, say, through Utah, and it's only a $125 ticket. It's not reckless driving. Reckless driving in Utah is, um, you have to do three moving violations and a half a mile. So you'd have to be drunk driving, illegal U-turn, didn't use your turn signal. That's reckless and you can go to jail for it, but you can be doing 127 through Utah and you'll get pulled over by Utah's finest. And they'll give you a driving award and send you on your way. So some of my top speeds were definitely through Utah and um, The speedometer is off on the K-1600s. I think they're generous uh, in their reporting. Um, My speedometer at points showed 147 miles an hour, Um, but uh, the GPS insight tracking unit that I had on the bike to verify my claim um, only takes snapshots every two minutes, and the highest speed uh, shows as a 127 uh,
0: sustained Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, I have owned, i've I've owned several Airheads over the years, and uh, every BMW I have ever owned has been five percent optimistic. Every single one of them, at least.
2: hmm hmm Yes, I agree.
0: I interrupted you. I didn't mean to. Um, oh, all right. No, that's okay. Let me ask.
2: I, when. We travel across the the United States. Um, Most people that don't live on the West Coast, uh, you know, in Arizona or some of the places in Western uh, California, the the roads are wide open and traffic is moving at 90 mile an hour. Uh, Mostly between uh, Los Angeles and Las Vegas on any Friday night, the traffic is moving triple digits in the fast lane. And so and there's nothing out there. There's no businesses. There's no school buses. There's no homes. It's just wide open desert. So, um, it, the, 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 traffic does flow and that's where you need to get your, um, um, get your time in. And then when you get to the East Coast, you have to drive prudently. I mean, in congested, um, Columbus, Ohio, I doubt that we were over 75 mile an hour in some areas because it just wasn't prudent to do so. So that's why there's, there's so much planning that goes into this, I can't even begin to even touch on it in this episode, but I will tell you that I wasn't willing to take any stimulants, so I gave up coffee, tea, and sugar eight weeks before the ride, and I found um, Clearwater lights, uh, because they were American manufacturer, I like to buy American products, and I found that I was outrunning my headlights during test runs, so I went up to Clearwater and had some of their largest lights that they make, installed on my bike and of course I didn't share with them at the time what I was up to because I didn't want anyone to try to talk me out of it.
0: Did you do Erica's and Savina's then?
2: I did Savina's and uh only on the top.
0: Mhm. Well, that's plenty of candle power. I think that's got to put you up around 12 to 14,000 about probably 14,000 lumens if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, I think it's it, right somewhere around fifteen thousand lumen, and then of course we haven't started talking about Project Nine yet. Uh, but um, um, well, I we're going to back to Clearwater. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> <laughs> it's um, that makes the uh, Clear Clearwater lights have then done both the motorcycle cannonball on Norm Nelson's. Um, I have to ask Glenn what he rode, and I know the bike well. I've actually been around it and heard it running many t- many times, but Glenn put special Clearwaters on that bike, so it did the cross-country uh, motorcycle cannonball, and now you've done the cross-country um, and set the uh, world record, which is pretty impressive. Uh, you know, it, so I was – you kind of – one of my questions was going to be about ever use five-hour energy, ever-utilized coffee – Uh, that is quite interesting. I guess you're finding the stimulants just run their course in short order and then something on the other side doesn't feel as good as you did before you started.
2: Yes. Uh, you know, my fiance is a nutritionalist and she planned all my food. So it was all high energy, low sugar foods, uh, for this run. And, um, ultimately, um, You know, I had planned a sleep stop in Kansas. I, when I was going through this record run with my team, we, we knew that there was no way that I could go, you know, 17, 18 hours without at least a nap. So about 17 hours into the ride, uh, I got to Kansas and I laid down for about an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, the GPS shows me stopped there for two hours and 30 minutes. But some <laughs> of that time was getting into the hotel room, getting things stripped off using the restroom. I took a quick shower before I laid down, took a few bites of a sandwich. Dina had packed some sandwiches on my you know bike and my tank bag. I would slow down to 90 and eat like a hard boiled egg, shovel in some peanuts. But after that nap, I felt somewhat refreshed, but I learned some things from that, um, from that ride regarding caffeine. Now I hadn't had any eight weeks prior to that. And once I woke up, I still had some sleep inertia where my eyes were aching and I rode for about almost a daylight. I have a fuel stop at 5am in Missouri. And um, I couldn't drive any longer. I pulled off into a gas station, and I got a quarter cup of coffee. And that been my first cup in so long, that caffeine was like a triple espresso. And um, the sun came up, and um, I was able to get into New York safe and sound and, um, and uh, break a 30-year-old record.
0: Incredible story that would really, it really deserves more time than than we have to discuss it, but that's interesting. Um, So let me just expand out just a little bit on your diet. In addition to the boiled eggs and the peanuts, what else are considered low sugar, high energy foods?
2: I had a um, wild caught salmon uh, sandwiches that were pre-cooked on whole wheat bread, organic whole wheat bread, um, and um, I would reward myself with dried cherries um, for each state line that I would cross. So I would have, you know, something to <laughs> slightly sweet, but not a high sugar content. Um, mm-hmm. I, really, I drank water exclusively out of a Camelback, except when I was at a um, unscheduled tire change at Belmont, Ohio, Harley Davidson. And while I was there, I downed some apple juice to replenish my electrolytes.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. The Harley Dav- Davidson dealership came came to the rescue and changed the BMW tire. That was that's pretty neat.
2: I sent those guys a few cases of beer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was- guess. Yeah. That's good. Well, if you if you when you take a a Master Tech a Harley Master Tech, I'm sure he could blitz right in there and get that job done pretty simply. And that BMW is pretty easy. To get the rear wheel and tire off, actually, but you just keep that food stuff in your tank bag, I guess, so you can quick access it when you want.
2: Yes, and I had a saddle bag where I had a couple pieces of fruit. I had a couple bananas and one apple in the side case, along with a rain suit. Um, the gear I was riding at that time didn't have; it wasn't waterproof, so um, I had a separate, um, inexpensive rain that I had to don in
0: uh, a couple really? times
2: throughout the trip. Yes.
0: Wow. I noticed on your webpage, um, which is, I think, carlreese.com, and, and I highly encourage you to go there. All of you who hear this show, you, you need to go there. Uh, you can go there now as long oh. as you keep uh, keep our link open so you can keep hearing it. Am I right? Is that the right address, Carl?
2: It, it's net.
0: Yeah, .net. And I noticed you yeah. uh, were now uh, associated with and using... Uh, first gear, and I've used that for about 30 years um, or more. And uh, I was gonna think, man, a Kilimanjaro and and a pair of HT overpants, and you'd be dry and cool and warm. And maybe with an electric jacket liner, you could do anything you wanted to do. Uh, you probably encountered everything and uh, traveling 3,000 miles uh, across that part of the country in April, right? Was it April?
2: Um, it was in August of 2015. August. Oh, yeah. Okay. It was very, Mostly hot. very hot going across <laughs> the desert. Yeah. <laughs> like 105,
0: one oh 110? One
2: um, it was 85 degrees at 4 o'clock in the morning as I went through Baker, um, California. So, And I was yeah, coming right through, through the outskirts of Death Valley. Yeah.
0: yeah, I've done that. I've done that more than more times than I care to recall. But I don't know about you, but... Even in my lowly riding life, whenever you complete a hundred degree day and you get however many miles you set out to do that day and you get them done, it's, it's a pretty good, pretty rewarding feeling, isn't it? To survive and still feel pretty good at the end of the day.
2: Yes. Yes. Um, you know, the, 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 I can't say enough about my, um, my choice in, in finding uh, the american made clearwater lights um, Dina my fiance set the world record for the longest drive by new rider she did 11,000 miles out of the dmv parking lot on june 1st of last year and she drove to dead horse alaska on her first drive and i rode up behind her and we both had clearwater lights on and we we dumped the bikes up there she dropped it a few times of course along the the Alcan, you know, through construction and up on the Dalton, of course, and those things illuminated, you know, stuff along the side of the road. And so, if you're, if you know, if you have, you know, some kind of, um, you know, desire to, you know, travel up to Alaska, of course, hers wasn't a speed record, hers was just going the furthest distance without coming home, you um, you know, if you're taking a trip up to Alaska with the bison and the elk and the moose that are up there, there's no way I would recommend anyone going up there with anything less than those lights.
0: Well, I got to say, I don't recommend anybody go anywhere without them. I mean, from daytime full sun traffic to any any nighttime situation that you're going to get into. Okay, this this I can already see what's going to happen, and it's okay with me that it does. But this show is going to turn a little bit into a Clearwater Lights show because we've got three guys on here and all of us pretty much are uh, Bible thumpers when it comes to the Clearwater Bible. That's for sure. We're going to take a break in the program because Mr. Glenn Stasky has been, speaking of Clearwater, has been patiently waiting over there in the uh, luxurious green room. I'm wondering if he's poured himself something to drink. Let's see. I'm on the East Coast. It's 1030 now. It's um 730 out on the West. We'll ask him. But um this portion of the show actually is brought to you by uh, Clearwater Lights, as uh, luck would have it. Um, and I want to talk briefly about some of the things that maybe Carl touched on just a little bit. But Clearwater's in a nutshell, there's a lot of different options, right, for aftermarket lighting on your motorcycle. There's a there's 100 different people making different things in all price ranges. Um, what's Clearwater's deal? Well, they're compact. Uh, they're easy to mount, simple to install. Um, they utilize um, high-power LEDs. Uh, Clearwater's use an advanced microprocessor uh, controlling the circuits to keep light output constant. At a real wide range of voltages, and what's cool about that is they're fully dimmable. Um, <clears throat> the The unique thing is that the brightness control circuit uses a rotary volume control. They call it. I like that term. Little, small, rubber, easy to use with your gloves on. I, I surface mount mine in the dashboard of all the touring bikes. Um, but they also have a convenient little thing that will go to a bolt, you know, on the handlebar, very cool bracket, very strong, but it's real soft rubber and it's real easy to adjust. And basically you can go from, I run them on low for daytime conspicuity. And then the thing is you can only get uh 60, 70, 80% of the power out of the volume knob. But when you go to full brights on your, on your motorcycle headlight, then you get a hundred percent pretty much of what the high power LEDs of the clear waters have. And, uh, it's pretty cool. Carl mentioned the strength; uh, they're CNC machined uh, or forged from bull, uh, billet, uh, and, and they're just heavy duty, anodized, high quality stuff. You can check them out for yourself at ClearwaterLights.com. Time to go to break. We're a little long, but I don't care. Do you guys? And we're learning so much here on this program. We'll be back, and Carl Reese will still be here, and will introduce you to Glenn Stasky of Clearwater Lights in the lake.
3: This isn't the sound of an engine. It's the sound of a moment, an experience, of your heart beating stronger than ever. It's the sound of discovering more. This is the sound of the 2017 Harley-Davidson touring bikes taking you on an unforgettable journey powered by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence, comfort, and control so you feel the difference. Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models.
0: And that beautiful guitar and the vocal that goes with it. That is the incomparable Patrick Simmons of the Doobie Brothers, a frequent guest on this show and a motorcycle cannonball guy. He and his wife uh, have both done that. I think she's done it a couple times more than he has. But at any rate, we welcome you back to Talking Motorcycles. This portion of the show is brought to you by our great friends at Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. The only motorcycle tire that you can buy for your motorcycle that is made in the United States of America. And I have great news for all touring, sport touring, high mileage uh, guys, if you or ladies, if you like to go in the twisties and have a lot of fun and you like to do big interstate miles. The new RoadSmart 3 is now available for purchase in the U.S. after having been available in Europe now for some months, if not maybe up almost a year. So now we have it. And I'm so thankful. I've been waiting for the road smart three. This is the performance touring tire in the line. Uh, it is a tire that not only lasts longer, but performs uh, at higher levels than all of its competition throughout its lifetime. Proven by study after study, after study, uh, less wear works better longer. That's the takeaway. Um, There are all kinds of cool features built into it. I'm only going to mention one of them, and I would like for you to explore the Dunlop's exclusive uh, MT or multi-tread design, which uh, binds a real high-mileage compound in the center and a high-adhesion compound uh, to the lateral flanks for very, very high cornering grip. This tire works in the wet or the dry. It also has, I believe their uh, Dunlop's intuitive response profile, something they learned uh, in uh, motorcycle road racing competition over many, many, many years. So that's it. This portion of the show brought to you by our great friends at Dunlop. Yes, they are back with us for 2017. And to answer the question you're going to uh, be asking in your head right now, are we going to give away Dunlop tires this year? Oh, you betcha. We're going to give away a dozen sets of, of Dunlops of your choice for whichever motorcycle of yours you would like to equip with Dunlops. We can help, we can advise, uh, we can uh, hook you up with the engineers when you win your tires, and you can select the Dunlop that works best for... Now I'm going to leave Carl over in the green room for a moment, and we're going to introduce you. uh, For those of you who do not know Glenn and haven't heard him on the show or met him in person somewhere at the many, many meets that he attends each year, uh welcome back, sir. Glad to have you here, Glenn.
1: Hi, Barry. Always a pleasure to speak with you.
0: Always. Uh okay, drink of choice this evening? Go ahead. You can tell us. I have, just I have
1: a I have a I have a wonderful California Chardonnay on the uh table next to me, and I'm sitting outside in a beautiful starry night. It's been a rare time to see stars in California lately. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you guys have had the, the thing you don't ever – you've had a lot of rain, for sure, uh, pretty much the whole state. Well, my drink of choice this evening is um, one of my favorite – I'm from Kentucky, lived there till I moved to Florida nine years ago, and it's a Kentucky bourbon that we call Bullet, and Bullet bourbon is one of my right. favorites. My wife brought that out to me just before the show and said, here you are, sweetheart. Have a great show. I'm keeping her forever.
1: Good wife. I have one, too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, you do. Know her well. Um, okay, so first of all, how are things at Clearwater Lights, and how are things for you?
1: Everything's great, Barry. We've been very busy. We've been uh, introducing a bunch of new products. Um, as currently, we have applications for motorcycles of almost a little over 600 motorcycle kits available today. And that means um, we have 600 kits that will fit your your specific motorcycle uh, it's not like a, a one-stop, you know, uh, shopping. You, you 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 know, you buy one product and have to make it fit. Uh, my my technicians at work work very hard, and we have um, oh, dozens of motorcycles in each week, you know, fitting and testing and measuring and such. Um, so hats off to them for coming up with all the uh, uh, plug-and-play kits that we 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 make. I tell everybody we're not in the um, the, the light bracket business or the accessory business. We're in the complete lighting solution business and, and that's why I wanted to differentiate ourselves about nine years ago I started this business and I said we're gonna do it right. Or we're not gonna do it at all and we're gonna build it in the United States and we're gonna uh, blow people over with customer service um, Customer service is really what, what what it really separates a real company from somebody that's just selling something on the internet Um, Yes, we have an internet store, and and, and we have a a website and such, but uh, we also have a drive-in installation center, and all the products that are uh, sold at our product, at our factory, are manufactured, assembled, and installed by the same technicians. Every one of my guys that answers the phone is the person that builds the product. They install the product. They know it inside and out, and uh, I'm really proud of those guys. They They really are the guys that make this company work
0: with a few people that I have known uh, that have had questions about the product or about the install that have, I've, I've already heard some personal stories and every single one of them were just blown away with the personal nature and the comfortable, you know, conversation. And, and more importantly, I guess the knowledge uh, that your guys have. And I was hanging out on your website the other day, just looking around and the um, uh, customer comments and things that they have said and and the amazing stories they've told of the good works you have done to keep them on the road and, and keep them high viz all the time is, is probably one of the main reasons that and your character uh, and your product are the reasons that I'm really happy that you're going to be on board with us for all of 2017. And what I'd really like to do now is I'd like to bring Carl back in. I think I will. Cause I, I guess it is my show, right? I can do that. And uh, Carl, welcome <laughs> back to the show. Hope you had a nice little three-minute break there or four.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> all right, Carl. So why don't you kick us off and give us all uh, kind of a big picture, 30,000-foot uh, view of what this uh, Project 9 program is all about.
2: So we started teasing uh, on my YouTube channel about Project 9 back in Christmas. Uh, if it. Uh, with any of my records we kind of keep things uh, undercover until um, we get close to the time and um, and that's why I'm excited that you had me on a show because this is the first interview that I've given um, to the broad public about what we're doing outside you know my social media channels so we're looking to set the greatest distance on motorcycle in 24 hours by an individual so Guinness has quit um, they've quit uh, recording uh, land speed records on public roads back in 1966. Uh, prior to that they would record those things so it's important to me now and in, in, in my juncture where I'm at right now to start looking to set some track records. So um uh, Continental has agreed to let me use their track in Uvalde, Texas It's an eight and a half mile, three lane road that's uh, where they, um, it's a proving ground for their summer radial tires and some others that they manufacture. And they're giving uh, uh, Clearwater Lights and myself and First Gear uh, access to do some testing uh, while we're there. So I'm hoping to break the current record.
0: What is the current record?
2: Current record stands as 2023 and a half miles.
0: 2023 and a half miles, and that is done within a 24 hour period. Um, what's what is that average speed, real quick? Do you have it on top of your head?
2: I think it's seven, I think it's um, um 84 mile an hour is uh, what that works out to be.
0: hmm Do you have a forecast or a prediction Um, as to perhaps what you think you're able to do, or is the goal just, we're going to beat that?
2: Well, the record was, the record used to be back in 2011, uh, was held on that track at 2019 mile. So the guy that broke it, um, um, here in 2013 only broke it by four miles. And he had, he had tried three times before he actually, uh, succeeded. And breaking it. So um, I would be, um, you know, I'm, (laughs) it's a a daunting challenge because when you look at someone only broke it by, you know, four miles, you know they had a tough time getting there and with three attempts. So um, we've done a lot of planning. Uh, We've got the bike outfitted now with 30,000 lumen. Uh, so I'll, uh, I'll be able to see, uh, you know, anything that wanders out onto the track. Uh, they do have some barbed wire fencing up, but I've heard that the wild pigs uh, come onto the track sometimes or graze along the side of the track. So I certainly don't want to hit one of those doing triple digits.
0: What did the guy, what was he riding, the, the 2023 and a half mile guy?
2: Uh, I believe he rode a GF in one of his attempts, there's very little about him posted on the internet.
0: Mm-hmm. And do you know what the 2019 the 20- mile guy did? What he rode?
2: Yeah. Yes. He wrote a Harley Davidson.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Rusty, Rusty Vaughn. He did it in August of 2011 in the heat of the uh-huh. summer.
0: Wow. And you're, and you are going to be on, are you riding the K 1600?
2: I am. I am, we've done, yeah, some, cool. we've done some trick stuff to it. I've, uh, I've installed a lightweight uh, lithium ion battery uh, made by uh, EarthX, uh, American manufacturer out of Colorado. And um, we've uh, lightened up the bike in some areas. We're experimenting with windshields right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're experimenting with some different windshields from Z-Technics right now to get a little bit better aerodynamics. Mm-hmm. And um, um, uh, Brock Yates, or, I'm sorry, Brock Yates, uh, cannonball guy popped into my head. Uh, Brock's performance um, has been generous enough to loan us a set of their um, um, carbon fiber rims for the K1600GT.
3: Mm, so that will excellent. Uh,
2: lighten up the unsprung weight.
0: And Glenn, um, 30,000 lumens, How how does that work out? What... What does that design look like?
1: Well, Carl originally had a set of our um, Savina lights mounted on our CNC machined K1600 mirror brackets, which he actually purchased at retail last year without telling us anything he was doing, which is really funny. <laughs> and he said, he called the night before. He said, I'll be there tomorrow morning. I said, you're calling from LA. He goes, I'll be there. And he did. He was there the next morning. Um, so we, <laughs> I think it was about two weeks ago, Carl and I uh, and Dina flew down to uh, Texas and we drove to Evalda. And by the way, I have to say that Carl not only can ride a motorcycle very quickly, he can drive a F-150 pickup truck around the track quite briskly, too, as well. So, um, but we, we went to the track to check it out, and, and it is a massive track. And if you can imagine the Indianapolis 500 – and putting five of those inside the outside of this track. You could put five Indianapolis 500s inside this track. There's 5,000 Crazy. acres inside the out, inside this track. And even though it's an oval, the, the steering inputs on this are very minimal. And I believe, Carl, correct me if I'm wrong, that there are three, three actual lanes, and the inner lane is 2%. I think it's 5 and then 7%. And on the 7% correct. outer ring, that is correct, Okay, at the outside ring, the car will self-drive at 75 or 85 miles an hour. In other words, you don't need to touch the steering wheel input, which is, it's crazy. And you don't realize, I've been to Daytona and I've driven a pace car around Daytona. And it is, it's amazing how anybody could drive 200 miles an hour, three cars wide on that. I give them. Do respect
0: NASCAR drivers. Well agreed. And but, and if you ever walk up, if you ever walk up that track, and once you, you get up you there, can't. you realize just how narrow <laughs> and, well you can't, that's the first thing. But once you get up there, it's so narrow. I mean, it's crazy. You're right. Okay, it's go unbelievable. ahead. Unbelievable. And
1: Evaldi is, is very much the same, but eight and a half miles. So Carl and I discussed it and we thought it was really imperative that we see this track. And I didn't realize until probably two weeks prior to going there that they have no lights on this track. It's dark. It's, and it's in, in, in in Western Texas, there is no, no lights anywhere. It's going to be black as night. I can't believe it. So we realized we needed to up the ante for, for Carl. I needed to give him uh, more light and such. So we actually enlisted the help of, um, uh, Alt Rider, they, they were gracious enough to send us some of their um, lower uh, crash bar mounts for a K1600, and they're very well built, made in USA as well, and uh, we, my guys fitted those last week, Carl rode up again the night before, um, rode up, and we did a full teardown on the bike, we did a, a, we assessed all the electrical components on the bike, my techs soldered and cleaned up anything that needed any attention, but the Alt Rider bars fitted... Very well, and they're very stout. They're really strong. The welds are beautiful. They're they're the classic stack of nickels, which is what the welders mm-hmm. term for a good weld.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I was really impressed with them. They did a good job. And I'm actually going to outfit the rest of my bikes with Alt Rider as well. Um, so we added an extra set of Savinas, which is our, our long range 7500 lumen light that we manufacture here in Sac- Sacramento. And The idea is we're gonna have four of these, which is a total raw lumen output of 30,000 lumens. And uh, we're gonna do a test the night before to test what sort of apex lighting we need to, um, we're going to run the the track in a counterclockwise to start, but then we're gonna rotate halfway through the the, the event and go uh, clockwise. So we're gonna counterclockwise first and then clockwise. Um, to in- improve tire wear. That's the idea. Um, so during one of the pit stops, we're probably going to have to change the light angles and pit lights. Um, a lot of our lights are used in um, LMP cars and a lot of uh, British touring car uh, races. We have a couple cars that ran at Le Mans as well. So we have some experience with what type of lighting we need for apex lighting in both left and right. Uh, this will be <laughs> primarily left for six hours and then right for six hours and then back again. So we're going to be doing some adjustments, but I think that's really, let me, let me,
0: the delay is always so weird. I want to interject one thing here. I I worked in a Harley shop a number of years back and I worked with a guy that was a dealer for 50 years. This is a cool tire story that relates to your topic. He said back in the day when they were running good years in the fifties and forties, that the guys would ride from his shop in Evansville, Indiana, to Sturgis for the rally, and the wind, as you know, comes out of the south, and that's going to impact you guys too. And the wind comes just right out of the south 30, 40 mile an hour almost every single day. Guys would be leaned over on the way out to Sturgis, and they'd wear out the left side of the tires. And then coming back, they'd be leaned over on uh, on the other side fighting the wind, and out of the right side of the rider's right side of the bike and they'd wear out the right side mm-hmm. coming home is like crazy. So yeah, I, that's a good, that's a good idea. Hey, hey let, let me ask you both something. Can I take the final break of the show? It's only a minute eight and come back for a few more minutes. Cause I want to hear a little more about what you're doing. This is it's extremely interesting. Absolutely. Sure. You too, Carl. All right, good, man. That's great. Yeah, Thank you so much. We're going to make this quick. This portion of the show brought to you by Dunlop Motorcycle Tires. I'm Barry Boone. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. Minute eight. Minute eight. You might have time to go pour yourself something to drink. Join in the conversation somehow. We'll be back in a minute. Thanks. Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. So I'm thinking about music um, and I'm wondering, Carl, on, on long distance rides and, and, and at, at this upcoming project nine event down in Texas, do you listen to music?
2: Uh, no, I'm hyper concentrated. Um, so, but during the ride, anyone that logs into carl um, there's a little icon at the top of the page and they'll be able to listen to the team in the pits and, Uh, They'll be able to hear the communication that's going on inside my helmet during the whole entire event. And then through Facebook Live and through uh, YouTube Live, we're going to have a 360 camera set up so people will be able to look around inside the pits and uh, follow this event live.
0: Oh, man, that is so cool. Um, I want to be there so bad. Everything about what you guys are doing sounds first-rate, first-class, um going to get it done. How many, um, how much of the bikes available power, Glenn does roughly does 30,000 lumens of clear water lights consume?
1: That's a good point. Barry, we uh, we were a little concerned and we wanted to do some tests. So um, last week, Carl brought his bike up and we did some static tests on the bike while it was running. And we found that because it might be cold at night, Carl's going to be running his heated grips and a hundred watt. Is that right, Carl? hundred watt, hundred watt uh, jacket. Yes. Yes. From first gear. So he's got a hundred watt first gear jacket. He's got the heated grips, which are probably 30 Watts or such. And we did a calculation on how much his alternator would, would be able to provide at different RPMs. And, uh, So we just did a regular test, a load test on it, with two Savinas on full power, the high beams on full power, the heated grips on full power, and the jacket on full power. And we found that above 2500 RPM, the bike was more than capable of providing power enough to drive uh, the electrical system and providing charge to the battery. Um, Because once you start drawing below the alternator's capacity and you're running on the battery, it's a matter of time before the bike stops running. Uh, we've all realized mm-hmm. that when alternators have died, but um, he will have more than enough power above 3000 RPM, which will be most of the time. And if he drops at most all the time, if he comes in, when he comes into the pit for refueling, um, he'll just simply just flip off um, the high beam, which will drop the lights to a, a lower preset level. He'll be just fine.
0: Well, that and your uh, BMW grips will burn your hands at on high and, I've never run a full sleeve electric jacket liner of any brand wide open for long, you know, it just builds so much heat. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. Do you still, does Clearwater still have that cool little uh, LED, single LED that reads the battery voltage?
1: Yes, we actually do. We have, it's called the CVS. It's the Clearwater Voltage Sentry and it's available in both um, uh, standard uh, lead acid, algorithm style as well as the lithium battery uh, versions um, and it has a different program for sensing but it, that's a great product for being able to monitor the voltage on a motorcycle carl's key 1600 uh, fortunately has its own voltmeter built in on the the, the display so he's able to cool tag in and, and watch it i i don't i have no reason for him to even worry about it
0: gotcha well, um, what are, what about, uh, food and drink, Carl, what are you going to do uh, about that? Cause I'm, I'm assuming your pit stops are going to have to be short, but sweet. And, and how many, well, let's see, you're, you're not going to, you'll have plenty of tire, so you're not going to have to do any tire changing. I'm, I'm thinking, uh, fuel, you'll have some fuel stops. So what do you do about eating? Uh,
2: I'm going to pack the tank bag again. I'm, I'm
0: Same planning thing.
2: on, um, yeah, same thing. Duplicate what we did in the past, um, right down to the leave time. I'm actually, we're gonna. People can log into the website and listen on the 24th when we do some practice runs and just get the cameras set up. Uh, it's gonna be a raw feed, so don't expect a Wide World of Sports, uh, but you will be able to 360 from the YouTube feed. And uh, I'll come in. I'll change out um, <clears throat> my Camelback to uh, get a fresh camel back and full fuel and take off again. We do anticipate at least one tire change. Uh, I spoke to Rusty Bond, who held the record uh, back in 2011, and he said that he had a tire change at about the 1600 mark because the, the track is very coarse down there, and it scrubs the tires. Even if you have a brand new set on, uh, it eats up tires. <laughs>
0: Interesting. Uh, that's crazy. But I mean, I guess, I mean, I, the corners, it's an, it's an oval or a tri-oval or a long long oval. How is it shaped?
2: It has uh, one mile straights and then it has a one mile radius at either end. So it's a, it's a slow, slow curve. Um, the trouble comes in at running high speeds for such a duration, um, it's eating out the center portion of the tire. I looked at some photographs that he had sent me. And that looks to be um you know um, of course the the track has an official there, and they told him that uh, he had to do a swap out, so they put it up on a center stand and swapped out his harley tire right there. I think he lost thirty eight minutes with a tire change, and with the uh, b m w had a single side swing arm, so we might be able to uh, I'm hoping our tire change to be a lot faster than that
3: mhm- hmm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I can see that you have a wheel and tire mounted up, and all you're doing is changing out the rear tire, Daytona 200 style. Uh, really, when you get right down to it, very cool. Um, very cool. Uh, what am I leaving out? What's some of the big stuff I'm missing here? Because this is kind of mind boggling to me. I got to tell you, Glenn.
1: Well, Carl, part of the um, the uh, the scenario here is is not only um, Carl making it around the track for 24 hours. It's the logistics in getting the fuel and all the communication around the track. Um, I'm actually gonna bring a drone. We're gonna be able to look and check the track out from the air. Um, We also have engineered some kind of drive, drive dry brake fueling cans that I've taken from my car racing (laughs) um, background. And we're actually engineered some some, uh, fueling systems and we're actually going to we're actually going to do kind of like a a, a pick crew. We're going to do practices and such. But because Carl has a six gallon or so tank on the bike, and he has a seven gallon tank um, on the on the the tail section, which is an auxiliary tank, we're going to uh, uh, dry, drain the rear tank down from seven. So we're going to load that with a, a four and a three gallon tank so we won't have to worry about how you know, how much fuel to put in because we're actually going to be manually filling the bike. Um, and then we're going to do a, a five-gallon in the top tank, and we're going to run the bike down to one gallon left to go. So it's kind of like enduro racing um, technology. <laughs> I've called a couple of my race buddies and asked for some uh, refueling uh, guidelines, and they've given me some, some uh suggestions on how to make this work so so that way carl comes in he gets off the bike he does some stretches maybe a little neck massage from his wife and uh gets back on the bike and he's ready to go
0: that's very cool yeah that's it's what it is it's it's endurance and so carl that's your deal isn't it you're total all about endurance and and that's how you've uh what you've done with yourself over the last number of years it's i think it's really cool and i'm wishing you all the best i'd I want to encourage all of you listening that, um, again, as Carl said earlier, you can listen live February 24th, 25th, and 26th. And right on the website at carlreese.net, there's a red button on the upper left-hand side. You click right on that. It'll take you right in where you can listen live. There will probably be many, many minutes where nothing will be said. and It's probably like – I'm guessing, guys, it'll be a little bit like a basketball game. Um, or a, uh, uh, maybe, um, let's see where it's our baseball game. Cause in baseball, it's just seems like hours of boredom separated by moments of panic. And I'm thinking maybe it'll be a little bit of that, even with all the planning <laughs> crazy. I'm wishing you both all the best. I'm, I'm very excited about what you're doing. I, I appreciate more than I can possibly tell you. Uh, both of you coming on and sharing this much of your time here with our listeners tonight and filling us all in. And me too, I learned a great deal and I'm really, really pumped up about it. Uh, Carl, one more time. Why don't you run through the list of people that, um, are backing you, helping you, uh, making it possible and tell folks how they could get involved in, uh, in your charity.
2: Yeah, the, the charity is the most important. Um, uh, they can go on MotoRelief.org. And that's a straight veterans charity. Even if you donate $10, that $10 doesn't go to some party in Vegas. It goes straight into the gas tank for those vets. And um, the charity had a setback earlier this week. They were in Albuquerque um, scouting for a new ride location for the next, next um uh, group coming through, and someone broke into their truck and stole um, a laptop and uh, the spare sets of keys to the motorcycles. Fortunately, they weren't able to cut the lock into the trailer, but uh, they had about $8,000 worth of stuff stolen, and um, the local news came out and interviewed and did some interviews, and so that information's up on you know Facebook, and they're trying to recoup those funds because that cuts into their yearly budget. But um, Motorcycle Relief Project, uh, we can't do enough for our vets. These guys deserve our um, our appreciation for what they do. And this charity does that. I vetted them, I went through the process with a high school buddy of mine that suffers from post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh, it's real. These guys make the ultimate sacrifices and their family sacrifices being without them while they're overseas. And so um, this is the, the least we can do. But. Uh, I'm getting help from uh, West Valley Cycle Sales. That's where I bought the bike, and they're sending down their head technician, Jay Carlson, to come down to uh, Texas and monitor the bike and uh, help us out with the, the wheel changes. And, you know, the other companies that we've uh, forementioned are, are are instrumental in, in helping. And I couldn't be doing this without Glenn's help and his expertise in the racing world. So I'm very appreciative and humbled by the people that have stepped up to um, – help this great cause.
0: You sound like the kind of guy that people would want to be involved with. That's all I can hear in your voice and, and Glenn hats off, man. Good job. It's going to be really fun. I'm going to expect a really good detailed report from you. In fact, I would like to go ahead now and invite you both back. Um, When the dust clears, uh, Carl, and you get your massive, I'm sure if if you get this done, there's going to be a lot of publicity and a a lot of people you're going to have to talk with and, I'll ask you somewhere along the way, just slot us in and we'll have you both back on if you can.
2: Absolutely. Love it. Yeah.
1: Love
0: it, Love it right, so Carl, much. And I'll, Go ahead, Glenn. All good.
1: Sorry, I'm sorry. <clears throat> the delay. Sorry. Carl, I will see you in uh, Texas on Friday. And uh, we're both flying in there. Uh, and Darlene's flying in with me as well. She's going to help with the pit crew. And uh, she knows her
2: way around a racetrack a little bit and uh we're looking forward to seeing you down there yes i i can't wait to get started i'm looking forward to having coffee after i haven't had coffee since christmas so i'm (laughs) I'm looking forward to that first cup somewhere in about the 15 hour mark
0: carl of all the impressive things you've done doing without coffee for that long that many weeks um is the most impressive to me as a guy that drinks coffee pretty much all day. So I'm really, really taken back by that. That's really big. And Glenn, um, I'm going to go take a minute because I've got, I can, and, and tell you too. Uh, first of all, Hey, to Darlene, our best uh, to your wife, Darlene, love her. She's amazing. And uh, thanks for all that you're doing for, to keep us safe and for, and to help us to spread, uh, your message of safety at Clearwater. We, we value it highly appreciate you and all that you do.
1: Thank you very much, Barry. We appreciate your time.
0: All right. Okay, guys, that's it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, Glenn. Hope you folks enjoyed that as much as I did want to tell you this portion of the show was brought to you by our good friends at bell helmets. Yesterday, I got a big, huge box of bells. I have the newest star. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's an amazing helmet. It's the, if, Flex impact liner, which you got to read about it. It's first of its kind, three-layer impact liner designed to manage the energy. It it's, um, works with the impact scenarios involving low, mid, and high speed. I think it's a game changer for safety. Uh, it's got an extreme uh, tech scream uh, carbon shell. Their power mesh liner, which is uh, virus cool jade. There, it goes on and on and on. But <clears throat> one of the neat things is the MagniFusion magnetic cheek pads, which are easily removed for washing. It also has a big arrow on it showing first responders how to remove the cheek pads before removing the helmet after an impact, which I think is very, very good. I mean, here's the thing. To me, there are two types of safety. There's active and there's passive. And clear water lights is a passive safety. That's the thing that we don't do a a, a damn thing but turn them on and manage them. And they save us, perhaps, from someone pulling out in front of us because, as I said, they didn't see us or from that deer that runs out of the side of the road, which was actually how that company was founded to begin with, because Glenn had that experience. Um, Then there's the other kind, the active safety, where when the unthinkable happens, uh, you want to be protected by the best. And in my opinion, I put my money on Bell, and I have for a number of years all these American-made products that that every one of our sponsors are American-made products. All of them, I did business with them before they did business with us. So that's just how we roll here. Hope you enjoyed this show with Carl Reese. And uh, I certainly did. I I can't imagine what they're going to do down there in Texas, but I have a feeling a new record will be set. See you next week when uh, Bill Brown from the historic MotoGP will be joined by Brian Bell from Ivy League Flat Track. Thank you so much. Heads up, Old Navy denim lovers. Today is the last day. Jeans for the family are just $15 for adults, $12 for kids. Plus, today is your last chance to redeem your super cash at Old Navy and oldnavy.com. Better hurry. Valid 211 and 212. Select styles only. And now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO.
2: It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the GEICO app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay.
0: Get the GEICO app. Look it in the mouth. Get amazing services. Thank you.